Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Good night, everybody. How's everybody doing? It's been a while since we've podcasted, but welcome to Winchester Radio. This is Becky. Uh, Susan's not with us tonight. She's uh, celebrating Christmas with some friends. Uh, months late, but <laughs> she's having a good time. And we've got Vinny here. Hi. And we're going to talk about this week's Supernatural episode, Nihilism. Um, it was directed by Amanda Tapping and written by Steve Yockey. So where do you want to start? I want you to start because I'm about to go grab a banana. Okay. Well, um, I'll start off with saying I really liked the episode. I was, you know, there were, you know, a few things here and there, you know, nitpicky, but all in all, I thought it was a really good episode. I liked all of the little, um, you know, little Easter eggs in Dean's imaginary bar. I thought, you know, they had some good stuff in there, which, which we'll talk about, too, if anyone wants to. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a good, solid episode, especially compared to some of the ones from before the break, which were not that great. But this one I thought was pretty good. Yeah, this was a way better. I'll say I really think this should have been the mid-season finale episode instead of the comeback because this episode oh, actually a lot yeah. more. Um, this had a better cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I, yeah, like like you said, there's things I'm, I'm going to nitpick on just because, I mean, I can't help myself, but they really are kind of more just nitpicks than anything else. Um, I don't know. I just, I will say I didn't realize that this was Amanda Tapping's episode until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I knew she was directing again yeah, this I, season. Yeah, I, I but... didn't either. Um, yeah, I'm I really just saying, didn't. I didn't know it was her either, but she did a really good job. I I agree. I think this is probably the episode she's directed that I've enjoyed the the style of the most. Um, mm-hmm. I think I don't know. You want to talk about? All, you want to get all the, the little Easter eggs out of the way because those were those were fun. Yeah, yeah. I made a list, so let me tell you which ones I had and see if you have any different ones. Yeah, um, the first. Okay, the first thing, of course, is the squirrel. Um, you know, the little stuffed squirrel, and um, you know because Crowley called Dean squirrel, and then there was the monkey from Harvell's, and then the name of the bar being Rocky, which is the name of the squirrel, and then mm-hmm. there was a big moose head in there, which everybody knows moose, and I'm pretty sure that um, skeleton painting was from the season 10 finale Brothers Keeper in that Mexican restaurant where Dean was fixing dinner for death. I'm pretty yeah, sure Yeah, which I thought was kind that. of weird that we would call back to that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was just really proud of his food from that episode. I don't know. <laughs> um, then, of course, there was the... Part of my nitpick, but I'm going to be like, that was a weird thing for you guys to choose, but all right. <laughs> um, the carving on the... Um, Bar of Daphne loves Fred in the in the heart. Then of course all of the FB everywhere for family beer. 
uh, family business beer, um, the Cosmic Cowboy, which apparently is an actual IPA beer at Family Business, and which is of course the quite good, the, by the way. If anybody goes to the brewery, it, it, I do recommend it. It's good. It wasn't ooh, my favorite. It sounded it's good. good. It, yeah, it I don't like beer, but I looked good. it up and it sounded it sounded like something I would like. It has pineapple in it and grapefruit. Yeah, you so would like it. It's a really it light sounded, flavor. It is an it is really an IPA, so it's very crisp. It's a little bit bitter, but it's good. Again, not my favorite, but it did have my favorite name. <laughs> And it is one of the it is one of the ones that I did uh, enjoy. And then, of course, the um, last thing on my list was the original license plate, the KAZ two Y five plate hanging behind the bar. Yep, I have all the same ones. Which the license plate made me super happy because yeah, I have like, I have this weird animosity towards the air quote new license plate, new even though we've had it for mm-hmm. ever. I have, like, this bizarre animosity towards it. So, like, yeah, seeing the old size. The only other thing is the light was, the light on the window was the Texan star. It was the, the Texan star. Like, there were a lot of nice little Texas shout-outs, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things that I liked about it is one of the things that I complained about with, um, with fan fiction but praised. Uh, the French mistake on is that I like when things are if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And it doesn't affect anything. So, like, if you don't get the FB thing, like the family business brewery, it doesn't matter if you don't get it. If you don't get the Cosmic Cowboy Austin IPA thing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect your ability to enjoy. You're not sitting there going, wait, did I miss something? I don't understand. Was that something I was supposed to get? It was subtle enough that it didn't matter. Yeah, so yep, I, I agree. I appreciate that in the same way that, like, with the French mistake, I appreciate how I've always said, you know, if you know Jensen was on Days of Our Lives, then you get the joke. If you don't, then it's just funny that Dean would be on a soap opera. If you know that Jen and Jared are married in real life, then you get it. If not, it's just funny that Ruby would be married to, like, real life actor Jared. It's just one of those things that works right. no matter what. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think I had all the same ones. So if anybody else caught any other ones that we missed, let us know. And I will go ahead and give out the call-in number just in case anybody wants to call in while we're talking. Um, it's 845-277-9352. So if you got a question, comment, want to join in with our discussion, just give us a call. And I have to say, though, the biggest shocker for me, especially with all the spoilers coming out for the 300th episode, was seeing Pamela again. I that's I never expected to see her ever again on the show. No, and, not at all. She, she's a character that I'm, you know me, I'm very rarely, like, happy to see characters come back because I'm like, you're going to ruin the character I loved. Um, but I think they kept her in character really well. Also, mm-hmm. and this is because this is something I complain about in TV in general, but especially on the CW. And this was this is going to be a non-complaint. This is a compliment. But oh my God, so much credit to the hair department because that wig yes. is fantastic. It is oh, nearly beautiful, flawless. And so much credit to the hair department for that because man, does the CW have some bad wigs. 
TV just has bad wigs in general, and that wig was so good. There's really only one quick shot where you can really tell, and it's because it's the top of her head, and there's really no part because it's just it's, it's a wig and nobody plucks a part, and, you know, unless mm-hmm. you wear wigs on a daily basis, nobody bothers to do that. Other than that, flawless wig, so much credit to the, the hair department. Seriously, if you didn't know that... Um, but the wig on the CW is absolutely nuts. <laughs> if you didn't know that Tracy Dinwiddie, who I guess her name now is Thunderbird Dinwiddie, which is kick-ass, what a kick-ass name, um, if you didn't know that she you know, doesn't have short hair now, you would never have guessed that that wasn't her real hair. She, mm. it, was, it was gorgeous. No, it looked just like her old hair, mm-hmm. and it was just a really well-done wig. It's just something you rarely see on weekly television is a good wig. I mean, again, like yeah. I haven't seen the Aquaman movie yet, but just the, just the preview of the Aquaman movie, that's a multi-million dollar movie. And the wig that What's-Her-Face is wearing is atrocious. So wigs are, I, I would like to say that wigs are hard to do. They're not because, you know, I know people in real life and I were, you know, it's not actually that hard to do, but for some reason TV and movies really mess it up. This is great. Um, also and, great are our, our, I like, it's so hard to call her Thunderbird. Um, her <laughs> yoga arms. Man, I want her arms. Oh, she's Those are gorgeous. I mean, yoga arms. And I really like seeing, uh, I mean, she's always, bit, but I like, not just like, oh, on an aesthetic level, like, oh, she looks so pretty, she looks so good, but I like the idea of having her be so active when, like, the vampires come in and stuff. Because mm-hmm. she's in such good shape, it actually makes sense because sometimes that does bother me about this show, and I mean, I'll just say it, like, like with Maggie, like, what are you, what, what, I'm sorry, Maggie, like, or how, how what are you going to do? And, like, with the wayward spinoff attempt and with Charlie, sometimes I'm just like, you guys, I don't believe you as a fighter. And there are male characters, like Garth, that I'm just like, I don't buy you as a fighter. But I buy uh, yep. the fighter. <laughs> yes, 100%. She is kick-ass. And, you know, she was, you know, back in season four when she was first on the show. And she, you know, in Dean Ted, I guess, you know, he remembers her that way, and she's still kick-ass. And I love the shirt that they had her wearing, the To Hell and Back shirt. I was like, yeah, that, that's perfect. Um, and I enjoyed you know, all for, the things that, because I was talking about this with somebody that was just like, you know, this didn't make sense. And there was part of me that was just to get on that, like I'm in fandom personal level that was just like, oh, so since when does Dean's dream involve owning a bar while Sam goes and hunts with Cass? Like that's not his dream. What are you talking about? And since when, you know, it, it was a lot of, you could tell a lot of it was done just with Jensen in mind. Uh-huh. But I kind of overlooked that in the same way that I said when jokes work on two levels. Like, this does work in two levels because when we think back to when Gadriel was in Sam's head, Sam's happy place is not actually sitting alone researching. Like, that's not his happy place, per se. Like, he's content. He's fine. But given the choice of a utopian life, that's not what he's going to choose. But it was something easy to keep him in a loop. It was easy to keep it going. But there were little things in it that made him kind of feel like it was off. 
And even, like, despite how I feel about Castiel, the character, like, his ideal is not sitting around watching Netflix. Like, that's not actually his personality. While, while the world burns outside, that's not actually his personality. It was just like a, like a tranquilizer kind of thing. So I do get how this would be, but I enjoyed that there were little things that were off. Like, just Pamela in general makes it off but I get how that would be a protection in Dean's head because both other characters would kind of trigger something that's off. And I was telling somebody, you know, they said, well, Dean's happy place is not Sam gone. And I said, yes, but if you have Sam there, Dean's going to pick up on that deja vu a lot faster mm-hmm. because Sam is a reminder. Sam is a constant. You have to remove Sam to keep Dean in that tranquilized oblivious state yeah so I think that that was that was pretty well done and I liked and it was it really just it really just fit because the minute Sam got there like Dean kind of caught on before that but the minute Sam got there like Cass kept saying things and it wasn't really getting through but everything Sam would say like the minute he was like no you know Pamela's blind and Pamela is blind yeah and then it was like, yeah. and by the way, she's also dead, and then she was gone. And it was, yeah. it reinforced that, that idea that if you have Sam, whether he's real or a manifestation of Dean's psyche, it does start to erode Dean's because... I have to say, just, um, the loop, I love that even, you know, it was pretty much the same every time, but there were still small little differences with the loop. And um, one of my favorite scenes that it made me crack up laughing the first time I saw it was when, you know, the the part in the loop where um, Dean and Pamela go into the office and have a shot, and when Mm -hmm. they do the shot one time, and they're like, woo, and everything, and then Dean picks up the phone, more shots, and puts the phone down. (laughs) And that part. Yeah, I like the little little variations. I love that. I like the little variations. and I liked how, you know, like you were mentioning, that he eventually was kind of catching on because he was like, ooh, deja vu in one part where he was, kick, um, you know, cutting up the lines. And so, you know, I, I like that they show the loops and how Dean was kind, you know, because Dean is smart and he was kind of catching on there. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I get that, like, like, at first I was a little like, you know, Dean has never mentioned wanting to own a bar or anything like this. is just, ugh, why are we doing this? But then I did kind of realize that, like, what are you going to do? The only thing Dean's ever said he wanted to do other than what he does is be a fireman. What we're going to do is have him run into a burning building constantly. Right. Production, production-wise, that makes no sense. Narrative-wise, that makes no sense. Like, you had to have something where you could have a narrative progression and the looping variation, which, again, I guess you could do as a fireman. Like, you save the kid, he saves the cat. Like, whatever, fine. But – it's a lot trickier and requires a higher budget. And, you know, this was a lot more, it was more in line with the show because it just, you know, how, and I'm sure, you know, they probably had parts of a bar scene, a bar set already there. So why not capitalize on it? So I get it. Um, I really like kind of going back to the, the beginning of the episode. I really liked this Reaper, Violet, more than I like Jessica, they're assigned Reapers. So I really liked Violet. 
Um, I honestly did not remember. You know, I was, cause I guess I was in one of the episodes that I only watched once or something. But I was like, huh, what? <laughs> I was like, what's this? <laughs> what, Jessica? Not his girlfriend? You know, <laughs> who are you yelling for? Well, and, and that's why the Reaper, because I remember being really irritated that they named the Reaper Jessica because I was like, that's kind of messed up, guys. His girlfriend yeah. died with Jessica. That's the only reason I remember that their Reaper was Jessica was because that that episode. But here's the thing: I couldn't tell you what episode that was. I couldn't even tell you what season it was from. I just remember the scene about uh, Sam's hair product and being old cheeseburger, and that her name was Jessica, and that I didn't particularly like the actress's portrayal. So I really I, enjoyed I, that a lot more. I honestly, I, I. I thought that it was uh, the only thing I can re- think of when they started talking was like, oh, I think wasn't that in the scene? I, I was thinking of a scene with Sam and Castiel and um, uh, oh my God, I want Alexander Calvert. Why on earth can I not remember? Jack? Yeah. Like, Good Lord, I, I'm having some dementia. Um, when I can think of them standing in a kitchen and this Reaper showing up is the only thing I could is like hitting me, but I honestly cannot tell you any more than that. I I honestly don't remember. Um, Meanwhile, I have so no I was idea a little what you're yeah. About. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I'm thinking it was the episode where Castiel finds Jack in heaven or something, maybe. And, oh, in the um, no, that's I could a be different different. No? That's an angel, not a reaper. Okay. 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 So see, see, I don't even remember yeah. it at all. Maybe I don't know. I kind of I uh, again we didn't do a podcast for the episode, and I'm going to be honest, I zoned out real hard during that episode. Yeah, if we you know if we don't podcast, it only unless I really like the episode, I only watch it once, and pretty much the episodes that we haven't podcasted is because we really didn't want to talk about them. <laughs> so I, I only watched the once. Um, if you can't say something I, nice, don't say anything at all. It, that makes no sense exactly. coming from me, but it does make sense coming from you. <laughs> now, the part of Dean's loop thing that confused me was that lady who would come in to try to buy the bar. Yeah, I didn't understand. Other than, the, other than I don't know if the point of her was just really Pamela saying, like, we've met, we've done this, and if that was supposed to be, like, a tip-off, I thought at first, but that never occurred. So I don't know what the point of her was. Like, she didn't become, I thought, well, maybe she's going to be an angel, maybe this, maybe that. I really didn't get the point other than the standard idea that, like, somebody has a hole-in-the-wall business that somebody kind of wants to sell, like, wants to buy either for the land or just to, like, redo it. Because it's like she said, it's not like it was a like a hop and honky tonk. So like she didn't want it for right. the business itself, but she didn't say like I just want the land. I, I don't know. I I did think that was kind of weird because it made you feel. It it was a classic thing of like Chekhov's gun. Like you don't put something there unless you intend to use it. So they put her there mm-hmm. and they never used her. Yeah. And the it, it, only it is, thing I. The only thing I could come up with, and I'm pretty sure this isn't true either, because like you said, it would have been brought up later, was it was real Dean's consciousness or whatever 
trying to get out of Michael's loop by sending this woman in to buy the bar and basically take it away from Dean, you know, so he wouldn't have the the bar to do the loop with. So that was the only thing I could come up with. But if that was true, then she should have showed up when he was actually coming out of it. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, it, it was confusing. I mean, no matter what she was intended for, they should have either specified or not had her. And I do think mm-hmm. there were a couple things in this episode, again, like nitpicking, that I do feel like were narratively weird. Like, so did they... Like, them having the handcuffs and everything prepared and the Molotov cocktail prepared to trap Michael right then and there really made no sense because wouldn't Dean have known? So when did Sam and Cass plan that with each other? And when did they plan this random backup plan in case, like, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it just felt felt like, it felt like they wrote cliffhanger episode, which, again, it's not like they actually took a six-week break to write the episodes or anything or film them, but I'm just saying that, like, that episode was written, and they went cliffhanger, and then they went, uh, how do we get out of the cliffhanger? Uh, and it really felt like nobody stopped and thought about that until they had to do it. And it was, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, yeah, because Bobby reinforced these cuffs. Yeah, uh-huh. It's really hard. Like, how how... I don't, I don't know. That that bothered me a bit. And um, as much as I enjoyed Violet the Reaper, it bothered me that it was just like, I can't help you, I can't help you, wait, hold please. And then snap, and then they're back in the bunker. It just was quite lazy. Yeah. I and, agree. But I was... I was impressed that they remembered that they had put Garth in the trunk in the previous episode. Yeah, <laughs> so you know what? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I have to give them credit for that. Also, I forgot. This is not a this is not a writer fail. This is a production fail. And Lord knows, I love this crew. I think they did an amazing job. Their job is so hard. But when we last left the scene, Castiel was not swollen, and then we get back. It's, this, it's like no time has passed for them, and he's got like Marlon Brando chitlin cheeks all of a sudden. Like, why are we doing this? Why? Why is this? <laughs> for no reason other than when he healed himself. When did he heal himself? Right, yeah. They, like, they the way never that the way shot, it made it look like the trip with the Reaper healed him, which is not the case. It was just right. one of those. Oh, those little things bother me sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, guys, you made this so much harder on yourself and on Misha for no reason because you didn't need to stuff his mouth full of cotton, but you did. But I know that that can't feel good or taste good or be easy to talk around, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, you know, talking around something in your mouth, the vamp, the guy playing the vamp who comes in the door, his lines were yeah. clearly done in post. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. And what yeah. is up with the monster? The problem with the way they've been doing the teeth. 
for all the monsters. Yes. It's terrible. It's like why, what, you know, again, love the crew, especially the makeup people. <laughs> the makeup people are always rocking. But the teeth this season for the monsters, it's I just don't get it. I actually, in in my notes, I have, why are the monster teeth so bad now? <laughs> it's, it's I just, also, you can't really, you can't tell the difference between a vampire and a werewolf. I had no idea that guy was a vampire until somebody mentioned it later on in the episode about the vampires coming in, um, because they look just alike now. And Yeah, they look alike I, now, I, and you have to kill them the same way now. Yeah, yeah. So... I just don't know. And well, seriously, the teeth are horrible. Just a big mouth, big bunch of crap stuck in their mouth, and uh, no wonder they have to do their lines in post. And, and, and you know, I've had a lot of shows that I feel that way about. Like there are times with when I was watching Buffy, especially when I go back now and I watch the earlier seasons, where I'm like, "Yikes, those vamp faces! Not good, not good, guys." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't fully affect like my affection for the for what's going on, but I do feel like but, at some point, if you're having to do so much ADR, then it you kind of have to rethink what you did. And I do think like did nobody really screen test this makeup because all prosthetics in theory should be screen tested first. So we didn't do that. Why didn't we do that? It's like at least on Buffy and Angel, the vamp makeup and stuff got better, whereas it seems like right now in Supernatural, they're getting worse. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, let's see. I kind of want to get, like, my nitpicks out of the way just because I oh, did real quick, kind of um, enjoy this episode. Scott Tyler, um, you know, on Twitter, our friend, um, she just um, let us know that the episode with the Reaper thingy, um, it was episode mm-hmm. was when Rowena was trying to get revenge for Crowley and Rowena challenged Billy. I will take your word for it. Yeah, I remember that happening, that episode. I don't. But I don't really remember much <laughs> of what happened in the episode. <laughs> so thanks, Kathy. I, I think, yeah, okay. <laughs> Blanks that I miss, and I'm like, what? I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm always like, I don't, did I watch the show? I'm not sure. Uh, and I will take, I will fully admit that there are several episodes in the past couple of years that I have not seen or seen fully or kind of just zoned out. So I fully admit that when it comes to seasons like 11, 12, and 13, I'm going to get super stumped all the time. and it is what it is. Sorry. Um, well, see, I I watch everyone except for I didn't watch like two or three of the Wayward Daughters episodes. I didn't watch those. Um, but I watched everyone, and except and you know Kathy's Rowena Crowley thing um, actually goes with one of my notes because um, I think Sam mentioned something about a Rowena thing. He actually says the words Rowena thing in the episode. And I have got mm-hmm. in my notes, I honestly don't, my notes say, I honestly don't remember what the Rowena thing is. So I did remember. It must I was proud of myself for that, too. I did remember. I, again, <laughs> I remember the, I remember that episode, but I don't remember really what, like, I know that Rowena was messing up the natural order for some reason. 
but I don't remember why, and I don't remember what the resolution was. I do remember that she ripped open Sam's shirt halfway, and that was a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah see, okay, good. I, I know that, we remember, like, we remember the important parts, so that's that's good. I think, yeah, between the two of us, we both remember that. I was going to say that full episode, but no. We remember, like, a good... <laughs> Almost three quarters of it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I will say that, like, as much as I enjoyed this episode overall, the first half was <sighs> okay. So I'm gonna preface this the same way I preface the the you know the production part of it. I I, I love Jensen Ackles. I do. I really do. And it's just, this is 100% not his fault. He himself is doing a good job, but good Lord, Michael talks so much. I'm just so bored by his existence. I'm not bored by Jensen's portrayal of him. I'm just bored of Michael as a character, which feels weird to say because I feel like I'm criticizing Jensen, and I'm not. That's not my intent. My intent is, is the character... I'm actually kind of the opposite. I was kind of bored with Michael before, but this episode, I, I kind of liked him, um, especially his snark. He was so snarky. And, uh, you know, especially with the exposition, just so much exposition. Like the, and, and this goes part of into the, again, the, the writing and just the things that the writers do that irritate me as a, as a longtime viewer, that, it was one thing to have the meta of Chuck in season five being an avatar for Eric Kripke and the other writers, but specifically Eric Kripke. And then you get into later seasons where they really hit that hard with Metatron, and it was really not good because it almost made you feel like, it almost made me feel as a viewer that the writer was attacking me as a viewer, like not literally and not not aggressively, but it just felt like these little passive-aggressive jabs. And then to bring back the writing metaphor again, once again, just felt like these really odd passive-aggressive jabs. And I get it, writing is hard. I write. I write stories. I write reviews. Writing is hard. I get it. And when I criticize a writer, I'm also fully open to criticism as a writer. But I don't like when writers, whether it's TV, movies, uh, books, or fanfic, want to tell me how hard their very, very well-paying, very, very privileged job is. It's just unnecessary. It's unnecessary. And to then do that through a character that's wearing the face of a very beloved actor who is a very beloved character usually just feels, again, passive-aggressive. And there's there's one thing that I don't like in general in any capacity is passive-aggression. I'd rather you be aggressive. I don't like passive aggression. And so there was mm-hmm. a lot of that exposition that felt passive aggressive. 
but also it was just a lot of, okay, now let's walk Jack in and let Jack and Michael tell Jack all about everything. Okay, now let's walk Castiel in. Okay, now it was just like, it felt like, I felt like we were really trying to pad the script so that we could get to the action in the second half for the later act. The first half felt really, really padded and redundant and unnecessary, and I think the only thing that truly saved it was Jensen's acting. Oh, I agree, because the scene where um, Michael is talking to Castiel there in the bunker, Jensen rocked that scene I mean it was just you know they had a lot of close-ups on him and you know in that scene and I it it was just I just it was probably my favorite scene in the whole episode because I just he he was just so into digging and digging at Castiel and I just I just loved it I you know not I just thought Jensen was really really good no you could tell Jensen had a lot of fun doing that the the I'm not even going to do it because it's going to coming from me. It's just going to sound mean, but doing the grip you tight and raise you from tradition because they've done like Jared and Jensen have both made fun of the way Nisha plays cast in con panels. So it was funny to see him yeah. do it in the show. <laughs> that really mechanical, yes, that, but you can also so tell that like, I would love to see the outtakes for that because I guarantee there are really good outtakes for that. That that was totally Jared's imitation that he does at conventions of Castiel yep. raising. Yeah, that was exactly the it, it was it perfectly. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he did that in the show. Yeah, it was Jensen doing Jared doing cast. Yeah, exactly. So that just made it you know it made it funny. Um, but the and I and speaking of that that. That thing is, again, I go back to what one of the things I really did like about this script, despite the fact that I'm complaining about it being padded, what I really liked was the reinforcement that it was, again, once Sam showed up, the things that Sam was saying, even before Poughkeepsie, were getting through to Dean and breaking the illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also liked that, like, you know, we do get, we get that moment. And, again, I don't, you can't have, Dean really rail against it because it's just Michael talking. But kind of having Michael tell Jack what we as the audience are, are, have been thinking is, you know, we get that Dean accepts Jack now, but Jack's, Dean's reaction to Jack it being sick and then dying was really out of nowhere as, as far as the story progression goes. So I kind of liked Michael throwing that in, in Jack's face a little bit. You know, and I do think that, you know, everybody lies with the truth. So then when we get into Dean's head and he's, he has, he is telling Cass, like, you know, he just feels obligated because you saved him and blah, 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 and you've done nothing but screw up since then. And there really is no why in what he's saying there on a narrative level. Whether you like the character of Castiel or not, there's no lie on a narrative level in what he said. And Dean just kind of takes it. And the minute Michael starts ripping into, like, Sam, Dean was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. This is the thing not to do. Right. And I also I also find it interesting that like with with Jack, it was you're an obligation and you know, you it, we just have to no one's happy to have to take care of you. 
and with Cass, it was right, your you know, job. he feels like he owes you. And with Dean, it was, oh, by the way, and Sam, he's just really afraid you're going to leave again. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. so cool. But I also like that. The idea of Dean being happy while Sam was at college, it it kind of makes sense because for Dean, despite the fact that he missed Sam, we know that he let Sam be, but he was clearly watching Sam. So for me, I did feel like, well, yeah, he was happy because he knew Sam was safe. It wasn't so much like, get out of it. I want my little brother out from under my feet. It was, he's safe and he's doing something normal. And that's yeah. okay. And he knew, and he knew that was what Sam wanted. So, right. And I, so I do, and I do feel like it's a nice narrative continuation that Dean is still worried that Sam will be like, "Well, we fixed everything. Got to go. Bye." No matter how much somebody tell, like, no matter how much Sam has proven that he doesn't feel that way in any relationship, whether it's romantic, familial, uh, platonic, somebody can, if somebody does something, you can forgive it and you can get past it, but sometimes there's that little part in your brain that's like, but don't do it again. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I enjoyed that, that, that Sam's, what Michael could dig at with, with Sam, was completely different than what he used for Cass and Jack. It was a lot more... It was less distance and more and a lot more. It was just deeper. I can't I can't really put it into words, but I appreciated that distinction because I do have an issue with how much we're not making the distinction between Cass and Sam anymore, which irritates me on so many levels. So yeah. when they do actually remember to make the distinction, I appreciate that because again. There's a difference between your best friend and your kid, your brother, your mm-hmm. child, like your whatever. There's a difference. Yeah. I love, speaking of all that, that when Cass and Sam first get into Dean's brain or head or whatever in the big black void there, that it's Sam that figures out, you know, how to find him. And it's Sam who, when listening to all the voices, and everything that he knows, which one is real and which one's not. I I really yeah. like that because you know as soon as soon as he hears you know him talking of you know in the loops now he's like nope that never happened, and he knows he knows exactly. But I have a small nitpick. I did like hearing I, all I those lines and stuff. Okay, uh, I did enjoy hearing all the lines and stuff from past episodes, but there's a sound one line in the happy ones. That should not have been there, I felt. <laughs> it was a line where he says, talking about pie, yeah, some pie. Some pie or whatever. It's like, yeah, that is not a happy so thing. <laughs> that That's why people get taken. Yes. That's right. That's what we're saying. It's such a traumatic moment for Dean. Yeah. Yeah, like, in theory, in, just why would you put, like, I have a problem with it on two levels. My problem is, one, like you're saying, that's a traumatic moment for him. Like the last thing he said before his brother disappeared and eventually died was, mm-hmm. "Bring me some pie." It's a yeah. funny line, and it's a, you know, but it's not a great memory. But also, I'm really yeah. tired of them boiling Dean down to <laughs> I eat pie and I and bacon hangs out of my mouth. <laughs> my bur- like 
beer and burgers and tits. It's just, oh, yeah. come on. And it's the same thing with Sam. Like, I'm really tired of Sam just being, like, this stick-in-the-mud character. Like, these both both these characters used to have far more nuance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had times where Sam was really snarky, and we had times where Dean was really nerdy, and it tended to go one extreme or the other. So I'm like, you picked a line that didn't fit that part, and you did it for no re Okay. I, I know. Yeah, and, and, I, that, and that scene always breaks my heart whenever I watch that episode mm-hmm. in um, All Hell Breaks Loose Part 1, because... He is happy in that moment. You, you know, he's got he sits back and he's got that smile on his face like things are good right now. He's he's happy in the moment, but not two seconds later, you know, he has to jump out of the car with his gun because things don't look good in the in the restaurant, in the little diner there. And so it that scene always breaks my heart because I look at it like he's so happy, and then his world's going to shatter here in just a minute. And, well, and then also, aside from him yelling Sam's name later, that was the last thing he said to Sam before Sam died for the first time, which sounds weird. Exactly. But, yeah. So that's not a, like, stellar, like, and even if that wasn't it, like, why is that such a good memory anyway? Like, you're just sending someone to fetch food for you. That's not really, like, mm-hmm. I send people to fetch but, food for me all the time. I don't think that's a big memory think, for me. I think in you know, in which I don't think he would be remembering it anyways, except as a bad memory. But in the moment, he was really happy and content and things. It was like one of those moments like, oh, life is good right now. Kind of those moments, you know. But I think when he and looks I, back I, at that, he, he's not going to be looking right. back at it as a happy memory. Right. And I guess that they were going for, like, iconic moments that would really trigger the viewer to remember certain, like, that they would recognize the line. But the problem with that is your viewers recognize the line. Mm-hmm. And we know what we know what happens right after he says that. Right, like again, he's in the bad memories. That scream of Sam, like you can immediately picture that moment at the end of season three when Dean's on the hooks. As mm-hmm. a viewer, yep. as a fan, you immediately remember that moment. You remember that feeling. You can picture it. Everything. So. Again, if you trust your audience to recognize these moments, unfortunately, you also have to realize that your audience is going to recognize these moments. Exactly. But what I did like about that scene, and I'm not going to blame necessarily the writer on that because I don't think the writer specifically put in, like, which moments he wanted. Maybe he did. I don't know. But that is also an editing fail. That's more of an editing fail than a script fail. As far as I can see it now, until I, if I were to ever see a script and see those particular moments scripted, then I would blame the writer. But as of right now, I kind of look at it more of a, as an editing fail. Because there um, were a lot of lines that you couldn't really make out. Because I tried to I, I was going to say, was it just me? Especially in the good memories, like, I really couldn't understand a bunch of them. And I thought it yeah. was just me, um, which, again, makes that one stick out even worse. Mm-hmm. But I did like I did like Sam I did like that Cass is searching and he's searching in the trauma and and Sam does kind of have to tell him like no idiot why are you looking in the bad stuff for happiness you're that no, makes no sense yeah. while I find that as, while I find that 
amusing as someone who just really enjoys Sam and Dean's, like, how well they know each other. It's, sometimes I feel bad when I'm going to do this. No, I don't. I don't feel bad at all. Sometimes I get nervous when I'm going to do this. I don't actually feel bad. This is another, this episode is another example of why was Cass even there? I don't understand why the point, what the point of Cass was in this episode. But you could remove him from this entire episode and nothing changes. Different if they used his powers to get into Dean's brain, but they didn't. They used that mental letters technology thingy, whatever. And so I completely agree. The only thing I can come up with is, you know, it's to fill Misha's, you know, minimum amount of episodes he has, you know, for his contract but or whatever. But that's the because, case, and do better. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's more... fans of his that are going to argue, well, you know, he had, to, he had to help Sam navigate Dean's brain. Did he, though? Because no. all he did was he turn did. up the volume. He was, I guess, a, you know, he was able to take them, to take him and Sam to the memory. But maybe yeah, but previous canon shows us that that's not necessary because that's not what Crowley had to do with the same machine. Well, not the same machine, but the same oh. idea. And that's not yeah. what Dean had to do with Mary in the, with the same exact machine. Dean didn't need navigation. So you don't that's need a superpower being to do that. So, or again, so the, yeah. Narratively write, speaking, write the story. Write the story to make Castiel actually more valuable to the storyline, instead. Which of would have been what would have been more valuable and made more sense. Again, they're going to go. Hey, you know how Jack died a little while ago? Like we're still kind of sketchy of how he's still alive, and it's really fragile and tenuous. And also, he has no powers and is very minimally trained. Okay, so we're all going to go unconscious, and he's going to take care of us. And mm-hmm. no, what would have made more sense is if you leave Jack and Cass on the outside, you still could have had Jack do the no scream yellow light thing that he does. You still could have had that right. because we've already established that Cass his powers come and go. So it could have been where even Cass was getting overpowered and Jack panicked. But it makes no sense for them to all leave Jack to take care of them. It was irresponsible. Especially it was weird writing. Especially when they knew monsters were on their way. You know, they knew monsters exactly. were coming. And again, it would have made more sense even so... to leave. It would have been better if they left Castiel out there to fight against the monsters and brought Jack with them. Right. And again, it goes back so they're trying so hard to put Cass on the same level as Sam. Like, heaven forbid Sam goes into Dean's head without Cass. You're trying so hard to do that that the story ends up making less sense as a result. Yeah. And, like, I and also don't understand. Out, so, like, Cass holding on to Sam's shoulder means that he can also go into – how does that even work? Well, we just put one of the novels on Cass's head, too, that it does make no sense. It was – it's nitpicky, but it's dumb. I, the only – thing I got out of it which makes the whole mental letters technology not even needed was Castiel with his hand on Sam he was able to get into Sam's head and join Sam on the trip over to Dean but then 
why do you need the Mental Letters technology if Sam if Cass is able to get into Sam's head? Because then he would have been able to just get into Dean's. So yeah, yeah, it's just it was too many narrative and gymnastics to force something that didn't entirely make sense. And again, a part of me is like, well, that's fine because you just highlighted how useless Cass was when it came to getting through a Dean. So like the part of me that doesn't like Cass enjoys that petty level, but I don't want to enjoy something on a petty level. I want to just not sit there and go, well, that was dumb. Yeah, you want to enjoy the show. Right. Like, I don't want to enjoy it because I felt kind of smug and petty. Right. And, you know, having said all this, again, I really liked the episode, you know. Like I I said, it was a good, yeah, yeah, it was a good, solid episode, but, you know, this episode, this podcast would be boring if we just talked about Everything we loved, so. <laughs> oh, I mean, there are episodes of this show that I can say, like, that's my favorite, like, top ten episode. I'm still going to find things that are wrong with it, because that's yeah, how exactly. I Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I do feel like whenever you are kind of discussing something, whether it's, you know, entertainment or a product of, like, like food or makeup or whatever, nothing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And very few, but also on the same hand, very few things are fully flawed. Like you can have a really mediocre meal, but there's probably something about it that was okay. Like maybe it was under seasoned, but conceptually the dish was really smart. Or, you know, you can have a, you know, someone gives me a whiskey sour, I can say like, you use cheap whiskey, but hey, your sour mix was great. Right. So I, I do I do feel like I have more credibility in some some in an interpretation of something when there's two sides to the coin rather than just going, This was amazing, I loved it. Okay. I don't find a whole lot of substance in that. Personally. Right. I, yeah. I yeah, exactly. Like for me now, I will admit that Jensen looks really good in that outfit that he wears with Michael. I don't understand it. I don't like it narratively. I think it's dumb. Oh I think God. it's hilarious that he threw a complete temper tantrum in that in that back room of the bar, and his hat stayed perfectly intact the whole time. <laughs> it just drives me batty. But again, other side of the coin is aesthetically, he looks very pretty in that outfit. I have to say. I thought Jensen looked amazing in this scene with Billy. Something about the lighting and what he was wearing, and uh, I mean, he looked good. It's it's in my notes. Jensen looks really good in the bunker with Billy. I don't know what it was. It's the magic of Jensen and the Henley. There's something about Henley. And that color, and oh, oh, he looked really good. Yeah, I could do with less being uh, stared in the mirror scene in the show. I feel less of that. Yeah, um, it's a little. Dean does like this. He does like to stare in the mirror. <laughs> Which you know, if, if I looked as good as he did, I might be staring in the mirror all the time too. So who knows? I mean, but if you had also that much trauma about yourself, would you stare in the mirror all the time? <laughs> I'm not even sure I'd have a mirror hanging in my room at that point if I was Dean Winchester. I'd be like, no, no. Um, 
but whatever. I just figure he just kind of just becomes farcical at some point. But he did look really good. And I always enjoy Lisa Berry. I think she's fantastic. Oh, me too. I totally missed um, her name in the in the credits at the beginning, so I had no idea Billy was going to be in it. So, And I was pleasantly surprised. At, you know, between her and Thunderbird Dinwiddie in it, two surprises that I was very happy to see because, you know, we're spoiled to the gills basically for the 300th episode, so I liked being surprised <laughs> on this. Oh. Oh, there was something about that. Oh, uh, I feel like a duty to point out that once again, I forgot who Maggie actually was. I made a joke on Twitter <laughs> when we first saw her drive me. <laughs> not realizing that that was actually her. I was being a smart ass <laughs> because I thought it was somebody else who was just reminding me of her. And then it turned out to be her, and I went to backtrack the joke, and then I realized that I didn't remember the character's actual name anymore until later <laughs> on when Sam calls her Maggie. I'm like, Maggie, that's right. That is a problem with that character. That makes she it does. even funnier. <laughs> it's hilarious to me, but it's one of those things where you're like, me though, and it's not just you because how many times have all of us been on Twitter with each other and done this same routine? We've never done that she with any is, other character. No, she's like the the. She's just the most <sighs> nondescript character ever, and I just actually like why is she in charge? <laughs> yeah, why is she in charge? Why am I supposed to care about her? Who is she? She, you know, no, no offense to the actress, because I'm sure she's a, a great person. But the character... Well, she's probably a fairy nice girl. Yeah, but the, the, the character, to be somebody who's in a lot of episodes and with the main characters a lot and actually has big scenes, and we really know jack squad about her, <laughs> it, it's just crazy to me. It's like... Why? Why is she here? <laughs> I don't understand. She yeah. is. She's like the silence to me. If anybody watches Doctor Who, she's the silence. The oh, minute I look yeah. away from her, I forget who she is. <laughs> like, oh, that's she, so funny. She is the silence, and I feel so bad. But it's also like when I watched The Haunting of Hill House and I was like, all these women look alike and I'm not sure who is who. And it took me so long to be able to differentiate. And there was still a character, like every time the sister with the... I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched The Haunting of Hill House, but there's one character that's like the baby of the family kind of thing. And every time they showed her, I was like, who's that? No. Oh, that's her. <laughs> every time. That's how I feel with... Maggie, and I almost called her Maggie, just, just stick. bless her heart. So I, my apologies to the actress. I don't think it's her fault. I just, I, I can't, I can't. Okay, so talking um, going about her and those, those, those other hunter people, the, the what's his name, Tiger? <laughs> you know, the guy. Yeah, I was just about um, to mention that. Okay, what's the deal? His green eyes? What monster do we have we ever seen that flashes the green eyes? They did that like we were supposed to recognize the monster. Or Thank something. you. I was like, I was missing something. And again, if oh, anybody okay, okay. does know the answer, please tweet us because we don't know. 
when he said Tiger, first of all, can we talk about how the line of Tiger really shouldn't have gone into the woods? I was like, did we just make a really dumb Tiger Woods joke? Because that was ouch. <laughs> that just, oh, ooh, torso. Okay. Oh, that torso to oh. me every time. I've watched the episode three times, and every time it's just like, ooh, no. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, what is what is he supposed to be? I don't understand, because his face doesn't change in any way. But if he's possessed, we've never seen that color of eye possession, like you said. So what what was he? And, and there was some other kind of demon. I guess it was an actual demon, not one that, you know, possessed or whatever, um, like the hunters were that got turned. I don't know. Because his skin was all blue and bumpy. That was in the group, so I was thinking, okay, was he the original monster thingy that um, turned these guys? You know, is, is he the guy? You know, because I, I was very confused. Yeah, it was. Did you see him? Yeah. Did I dream? Did I dream up that guy? No, no. <laughs> the blue, bumpy demon. It goes back okay. to the same thing as the the woman who was trying to sell the trying to buy the bar. Like it was like I feel like I should understand this. I feel like I should understand this demony character guy and like what like there was just three things in this episode. I was like, am I missing something? Am I just dumb? I don't know. Well, I'm glad it wasn't just me. No, it wasn't. I have it in my notes, what was Tiger. I have Tiger Wood joke, uh, but what was Tiger? I have, my, my note is, what monster has green glowing eyes? Yeah, no. Which I'm upset that I didn't just put Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all, in my notes, but uh, missed opportunity. <laughs> I know it's my notes but me. Um <laughs> And I will say this is the first episode in years I actually made notes for. So, yay me. <laughs> I always make notes because if not, I'll forget the good things. Well, um, I, also I, like, I did like Michael pointing out that he was in his perfect muscle. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, I did. Real quick, because uh, I do, I do want to comment on that, but I, I want to say real quick. I, the reason I made notes was I usually buy the episodes through Amazon Prime so I can watch them during the podcast and you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the sound off, and that reminds me of things I want to talk about. For some reason, when I went to Amazon Prime to buy it, the last five episodes were not available to buy. And this was, you know, which I didn't know it because I hadn't went to buy the other ones before this. I'm sorry. But when I went to buy this one, it was I couldn't. It was... And so I I don't know it it just says you know watch through the CW app so I'm like has Amazon changed their dealing now to where they don't sell them for a period of time after they've been on CW app which is very disappointing because that changes my whole pod yeah that changes my whole podcast what I do so that might be a licensing agreement I'm not going to admit how I watch the episodes. Um, because I enjoy being a free citizen and not getting fined or going to jail. Ding. I understand. <laughs> uh, 
Although I Michael, do, because if you watch it on the app, I, no, I usually do watch on the app just because I don't own a TV, so I tend to watch on the app anyway at some point, but not for the podcast mm-hmm. because then I'm stuck with commercials. Exactly. That's why I don't, that's why I always bought And I've bought them for years. Ever since I started on this podcast, I've, got, I've bought season subscriptions through, you know, season passes through Amazon for the seasons. I, just, I usually buy them at the beginning of the year. This year I did not. And so I was just buying one at a time as we podcasted. And so now I guess I should have bought it when I, it was available because now I can't. Yeah, they probably have changed their licensing agreement, which is good for the CW because their app is it's an uh, ad-enabled app. So it is one of those things that we've talked about before where people panic about the ratings for the show. Um, but the CW just doesn't simply doesn't function the same way as other networks do, uh, mm-hmm. because their because their app is ad enabled. They really do put a lot of stock into how episodes do on the app later. So you know, it does kind of go into yeah. that, which would benefit them if they have changed their licensing agreement. But it is something that we have told people before, like. There's no need to panic right now that the ratings seem low. I mean, yes, a four average, a point four average is, it's low. It's not great. It's they're it's not stellar. It's not, but it's also for the CW not terrible. It's not a it's not a network that does a steady you know, one point zero or let alone like a one point seven on anything, um, the way like CBS is going to do. But also and there's always function, there's completely always a minimum. There's always that minimum of 1.4 million. It's like they're there every episode. The 1.4 million oh, yeah. viewers. So it's like you know there are the 1.4 that are always going to be there. 1.4 million viewers. So and they've always you know Mark Pedowitz has said that as long as Darren Gentleman do the show, it'll be on. So. I mean, of course, if the show stopped making money in general, they'd be like, hey, guys, you, yeah. so you don't want to do it anymore, yeah. right? Please tell us you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but it is the show that does make money in various ways. So, you know, I, again, I do, you know, I know that people get very anxious about whether the show will get picked up or not. You know, in terms of the CW, the show itself is fine. Um I feel like I had, oh, I had one other good thing about, oh, <laughs> that was going to sound weird. I was going to say, I had one other good thing about Jensen. Um, but I do. <laughs> I really, I really like the fight scene in the bar because the way that Jensen slightly changes up the way he fights as Michael versus the way he fights as Dean mm-hmm. is just yeah. such a really smart acting choice. It's far more controlled and mechanical as Michael, and especially when he's essentially fighting himself, I mean, obviously he's not. Obviously it is a stunt double, you know, but in terms of you watching the show as a viewer, the effect of him fighting himself and just seeing that difference in that, and especially, I just, I just really a lot of credit to him for that, for thinking that through. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I noticed that as well. Now, you were mentioning a minute ago about him, uh, Michael, saying back in his perfect vessel, um, meaning Dean, 
that totally, and I'm sure I'm not, you know, I'm not the only one. That, I'm sure I'm the last one to have thought of this. I'm sure a million of you guys have thought of this already. But it totally slapped me upside the head that um, whenever, you know, the big fight comes off to defeat Michael, it would be, it, it will be Adam with Michael, his Michael, fighting Dean and the AU Michael. How do you mean? All right, okay, say perhaps in the 300th episode. I don't know if it'll uh-huh. end then. It probably won't. Probably, probably wait till the season finale. But whenever it happens, okay, so we got Jake Gable back on the show as Adam, but he's still possessed with Michael. They break him out of the cage, you know, because as far as we know, there's, he's still in his cage, you know, down in hell. Oh, and Michael he, from this world. Okay. Yeah, fight, you know, Dean with the AU Michael inside of him, and that's how they defeat AU Michael. Well, I assumed there was two things. I assume that we haven't discussed this yet, but whatever Billy has in the one book that's not that's different than the other ones, I assume it's mm-hmm. going to be and then Lucifer and Michael fight as Sam and Dean. Because that, I do feel... I, I, yeah. I would love that personally because that would be what we were supposed to get in season five and we didn't. And yeah, I like end. it in theory except I just... Mm, uh, well, well, we'll worry about that. We'll cross the bridge when we get to a bridge before I complain about, you know, how the bridge is constructed. Side note, I don't like bridges. But... Jared is Lucifer. Jared is Lucifer is one of my most favorite things he's ever done on the show. He, he was just so good as Lucifer. So I would love to see that again. And, you know, we do have Nick still on the show. And we do know we have T2 Lucifer out there somewhere. Um, so. Well, and I think they were also you know, setting it up based on, you know, Michael saying, like, there are all these different worlds, and I'm going to burn all the worlds. Yeah. No. When so he, and he, I, ca- he, he did, and he specifically mentioned his brother Lucifer, you know, and stuff like that. The way he was mentioning it. Right, because he did say Lucifer, my brother. Yeah. So he yeah. differentiates, and mm-hmm. and the fact that I think to him he finds the Winchester world versions of Lucifer and Michael to be inferior. Yeah, yeah. Like just inferior prototypes. So I do think that that's going to be that where we go with that. Um, I don't know that we'll see. I mean, sometimes I completely I forget really... that Jake. Jake, you just want Jake Abel back. Uh, you just you're, you're, you're just do. very concerned about Adam being in the cage, and you always have been. I am. I am. I'm still pissed off about that. He's their brother. Get him out of hell. But um, eh, see, if you, you know, really because, because shut up. But <laughs> because we've <laughs> been so spoiled about the 300th episode, which if you have not, you're very lucky. But if you haven't, quit listening right now. So we already know Jeopardy Morgan's coming back. We already know Kurt Fuller's coming back. Yay, Zachariah, by the way. I've missed him. Um, which makes me think there has to be something that they're holding off with announcing. There has to oh, be definitely. somebody else in the episode. And well, I don't think so, so much I'm really, 
I'm really, really is, hoping I it's Adam. I don't think it's going to be Adam. I'm sorry, I don't. Uh-oh. And you know why? Don't I burst don't think my bubble. So? But you know why I don't think so? It's because you have to remember that Adam is not Mary's son, and the whole thing is like, oh, by the way, we're having a, a reunion family about reunion. this family. And, you know, sorry, but Adam's but, not part of that. Now, I could see, I will give you that it is possible that the ending of that episode will be, like, maybe Adam, like, kind of awaking in the cage, or that version of Michael awaking Mm -hmm. in the cage. But I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll see Adam, per se. I think we might see that version of Michael. Yeah, I don't necessarily think we'll see... Adam reuniting with the Winchesters in the episode, but we might see him again, like like you said, at be the big cliffhanger at the end, showing him in the cage or you know something is what I'm really really hoping. But it also could be kind of a reunion type thingy as well, because it's as we've if you've read any of the EW articles, it does say that it's Dean getting like a genie in a bottle type thingy. So I don't think I don't think being genie involves having a second brother. Uh, you're I, I, I'm ninety I'm ninety nine percent sure you're right, but that one percent of me wants wants Adam. It's, yeah, I, don't want to I don't I I never I never and liked JK, the Adam Jake Abel is doing conventions again. He you know, he is Jake doing Abel is a fine young man. Jake Abel is a fine young man. Adam can stay in hell. Shut up! I will say, (laughs) going back to being, like, fully spoiled and whatever, things like that is, again, going back to another Chekhov gun kind of thing is, I, and again, I don't like when you make your characters dumb for the sake of just trying to do something. But didn't we already establish that you can... Uh, stab the vessel with the archangel blade and you only kill the angel, not the vessel. So why don't we just take mm-hmm. Michael back to the bunker and run Dean through with a sword? I don't understand. Like, I, I get in theory that it would be a little difficult for Sam to pull it off. I mean, they had him chained to the pole, you know, so that would have been the perfect time. Yeah, so again, it just yeah. makes him look dumb. It makes them all look dumb. Because we know that it's not like Dean wouldn't survive it. Like, yes, it would suck. You'd have to heal. But he wouldn't survive it. And especially because I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the culmination in some capacity. Because, again, Chekhov's gun. You don't put – you don't create something like that if you're not going to use it. So – and, you know, Nick's doing just fine out there killing people, you know. He 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 is great. Yeah. He is so, just I mean, bopping along, being super murdery, and Doing not there are no problems. So, so I, I, I yeah, see what you do. yeah, no, I, I, I see no issue. Stab Dean, go for it. <laughs> um, other than that, I think that was the only thing I yep. had was. My my compliments of the fighting and my mm-hmm. nitpick about the the archangel sword. Yeah, yeah. I 
again, I thought it was a really, I mean, a really good, solid episode. It kept my attention the whole way through, which is very good. And so I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was the second strongest episode of the season. Mhm. Yeah, um, I would agree with that as well. Uh, Mint condition was better, but this was really good. And in terms of a myth arc episode, mm-hmm. this is the best myth arc episode of the season. Yep, I agree with that too. So, so yay, Steve, yay, Steve Yaki. Did he did, did he also write Mint Condition? Uh, Let me go to the website and check it out. Where are you? There we are. I tend to remember who writes episodes that I get angry at. The episodes I like. It was written by Davy Perez. Oh, you know what? I knew that. Because I had to, I looked him up for yeah. something right after the episode. Um, now, um, but before we end, before we end the podcast, I don't know. If I assume that's where you're going. I don't know. I did want to mention, if you haven't, didn't see today, that Jared and Jen, Jared Palacki and his wife Jen, have announced they're running in the Boston Marathon coming up in April, and they're raising um, money to support um, young girls who can't otherwise, you know, participate in sports. And it's just a really, really, really good cause that they're running for. And if you want to donate or find out more information about it, you can go to their website they've set up, Run Pads, P-A-D-S, Run, runpadsrun.com. So definitely check it out, and it's a good cause. Agreed. Plus, anybody who can run, you have my support, so nope. I can't run to the car, let alone run a marathon. Good Lord. Wow. So, yeah, more power to them. And I love their coach. They've got a really hard coach who's constantly working them out. Her name is Odette, and she's very cute. <laughs> but I love her. But she's very strict. Yeah, she's a very strict coach. So she's going to have them working out good for that. She's going to have them in shape. As if they're not in shape now. Good Lord, look at those two people. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, nope. Except for like the first time in a long time, I'm actually excited to see the next episode. I'm the same. It just feels good, doesn't it? It feels really good. Mhm. Because as much and as I complain about this show, I want to like this show. So. Yes, I know. Same, same, same. And so you know, if you're listening. Again. If you're listening, powers that be, bring Adam out of the house, please. Thank you. Okay. If you're listening, she doesn't doesn't need that. Everything's fine. Always. Oh, you're always there, trying to ruin my life. Always. <laughs> I know. Um. Um. So. I guess we'll say goodnight and thank everybody for listening. Um, You can always check out our website, winchesterbuzz.com, for all the latest news on Supernatural episodes and everything. You can follow us on Twitter at Winchester Bros, and you can follow us on Facebook at winchesterbros.com. 
And you can always tweet us, you know, send us messages, whatever. We'll be happy to talk. So we'll let the boys play us out, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good night, everyone. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.